Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Support WrestleTalk. Donate on Patreon. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Russell Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swaft Nation. Hello, Oliver Davis. How the dickens are you? How did you find today's show? I'm 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 I found it good. I found it good. It was it's weird those weeks when you don't know which is better, Raw or SmackDown, until you have a hour and a half in depth chat with your with your babe. Yeah, I often find actually that whenever I watch Raw uh, very early on a Tuesday morning, I get up at half past five in order to watch it. Mm. And then I do the same for SmackDown the following day. That after it's finished, like my my uh, girlfriend will be getting up around the time that the show has ended, and she'll be like, "What did you? Th- what? How was the show?" And I'll usually just go like, "Yeah, you know, it was it was a show." But I really have sort of no overall takeaway. Mm. It's only until I really come into this studio, sit down and break it down, that I really form a, an opinion on it. Yeah, I think that's what a lot of the people who comment and say, uh, well, why don't you just take it for what it is? Just entertainment. I think they 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 miss the point of what we do. Yes. Where we're meant to, to unpack it and hold it up. Because if you haven't got reviews and critics to hold your product up to a high standard... And you can get away with any old tosh. Well, which WWE seem to think they can do at mm. the moment. And it's and I the other comment that I particularly like uh, when people are like, oh, your reviews are so long. Why do you spend so long talking about it? It's like, oh, I'm sorry for giving you in-depth discussions about this. Would you rather us just like five minutes saying, yeah, it was good. All right, don't bury the four-minute reviews. <laughs> so that's, bread and butter. That's different, though. Uh, when, when I get usually... Uh, my lady partner will be still be asleep when I finish watching. I'll go into her bedroom with a cup of tea and say, there you go, there's your cup of tea. And she'll go, how's the wrestling? Like, still <laughs> sleepy. Like, uh, you know, I didn't realise how much I must say, yeah, it was all right. It's <laughs> a bit crap, actually, this, this week. Uh, until Helena Cell on Sunday night. So I, d- Monday morning, I go in and uh, she goes, how's the wrestling? And I said, it was really good. And she almost woke up and she Really? <laughs> she doesn't watch the, she doesn't watch WWE, but she was like, "Oh, they put on a good show, nice one." I was like, "Yeah, it was really good. Made me feel like an Attitude Era fan again." Uh, but yeah, yeah, I think we uh, like it wasn't a good week. No, a disappointing week considering the the highs we had mm. on Sunday slash Monday morning. So yeah, it, I don't SmackDown in particular. I mean, I don't want to give spoilers away for the the podcast you're about to listen to. But SmackDown didn't deliver for me this week. 
it really is an expectations thing that's the problem this week, isn't it? Because you've got the uh, a shield reunion, a title change, and those are those are big moments. But actually, they're just moments. There's nothing going on beneath them. And the same with the Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens follow up. And I also don't think having high expectations is a bad thing. No, no, no. Because no. like you just had this amazing pay for you. Like, man, I can't wait to see Raw slash SmackDown the following mm. day. I've got really high expectations. You kind of want those expectations to be met to make you want to tune in next week, as opposed to now, where it's just like, I didn't really meet my expectations, and now I'm less invested. Exactly. I don't think we're crazy to 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 look forward to something <laughs> three years in the making. You know? Should we do some reviews quickly? Yeah, go on then. <clears throat> so, this first uh, one should be interesting. Stu Cooper, 1985, right? Good year. Excellent year. Try and guess when Luke was born. <laughs> uh, he writes... Better than a kick in the teeth. I mean, yeah, it's true. I, you know what? For once, that's that's some hyperbole I can get on board <laughs> yeah. with. And they have just put two smiley face emojis. I'm going to read it for you in the rest of the newsway. Double smiley face emoji. Wow, Stu Cooper. Great. Stu Cooper. What a great birth I'm year. I'm glad you started clapping there because I completely forgot the cheap pop. And Chris Cocky writes, oh, ah, no, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, it's a shout so, out. So you remember on this is what we laughed at last time, exactly yeah. on the, the the Hell in the Cell review, and we kind of like our, the end of our episode just fell apart a little bit mm. because Ollie had pointed to something on his screen that was funny, and then that like the whole thing just fell apart. This is what made us laugh. Yeah, I, I get, let's read it out because it is uh, we do we do really enjoy this person's videos. It's five stars, of course. Chris Cocky writes, "I'm Simon from What Culture." And here's why. So thank you, Chris Cocky. Yeah, lovely stuff. And that sound isn't us clapping. That is the sound of us doing the Y head slap. Yeah. Let's get on with the show. And speaking of stuff that you might enjoy. Yes. That you didn't know you might enjoy. I felt like you wanted me to jump in sooner there. I did. Because I had a, um, you know those naked bars? Mm. Uh, I had a peanut butter one, which was delicious. But uh, a little bit of peanuts kind of stuck in my throat a little bit. And I thought I was going to cough on it. So I was like, Mm. I better get you to fill in the blanks because I may cough. Luke nearly coughed because of all the nuts in his mouth. That's true. Uh, I thought I thought that was nut. We could have tied that into Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler's promo. <laughs> yeah. Well. Well. Yeah. Uh, oh. Oh. You. Me. You want a match? Yeah. I don't just want a match. Want a rematch. <laughs> Oh, bad. Yes, but the actual bonus thing. If uh, so, we we alluded to. Well, we actually just flat out said on Monday that on Sunday we had the immense pleasure of going to WrestlingShop.com's secret headquarters, which just had literally thousands of wrestling figurines. We got to you know have a look around, and uh, we're, it's part of a. a, a a thing that we're going to announce soon. That was that was and why we were there. So we went to a top secret location yes. because of something we're doing that's top secret. So many levels of clandestine operation. But excellent wrestling, word use. wrestling shop, what did you say? I said excellent word use. I don't even know if that's how you say it, but I've seen it written. Uh, so, But wrestling shop, thank you for having us. And double thank you because for Wrestle Talk viewers, if you go there, wrestlingshop.com, the link's in the video description below, and you see a figurine that you like, maybe a Rene Young Basic, maybe a Tamina wearing a bad t-shirt what? or maybe something good an isaac yankum dds that's what i'm talking about pop vinyls they've got loads of pop vinyls there uh, i really like the the heenum family collection yes if i was would, to get yeah, anything yeah. that would be my one uh if my lady partner would let me 
put wrestling paraphernalia around the house. Do you know what I thought was really cool? Uh, I really liked they have a uh, a WrestleMania 2 ring which comes with the big blue steel mm. cage that Hogan fought uh, Bundy in. And it is to scale with Mattel figures. So if you put them in there, you can kind of see how tall the cage was compared to them. And it can hold up to 50 figures, which means you can buy it and use it as an awesome display case. Just throwing some ideas out, people. Use their 10% discount. Buy the ring and 50 figures to go within there and get 10% off your entire order. I'm going to troll you. Buy that ring and get things that don't scale. <laughs> like pop vinyl figures. <laughs> yeah. and look, 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 look at all my wrong figures in the set. <laughs> Instantly, my head went like, oh, like a Megazord. Just putting a Megazord oh, in there. Like not even a wrestling thing. Not even a thing. wrestling thing, yeah. I mean, that's that's how my wrestling promotion when I was a kid was. Yeah. Biker Mice from Mars, couple of Power Rangers in there, and Sting. That's I how it I tell you I once had a conversation with the creator of Biker Mice from Mars. Um, no. <laughs> so when I was doing my interviews for the book, mm. and I was talking to one you of the... You wrote a book. I wrote a book. I was talking to one of the um, uh, people behind the Sonic the Hedgehog cartoons, and uh, we were just having a conversation about sort of like 90s cartoons. I was like, oh, I was a big fan of Biker Mice from Mars, because she also... And then it's like, oh, I also worked on that. Mm. I know the guy who ran it. And uh, I then relayed a story about when I were a nipper. I had a Biker Mice from Mars alarm clock. And it had, I can't remember the characters' names now, to be honest. But he was there on his bike, mm. and there was the sludge dude coming out of like a pipe, and the alarm would go, Helmet's on! It's time to rock and ride! And then it'd make like a bike noise. But I never really knew how to set the alarm. Mm. And so it would always just go off at just random points of the night. So, like half three in the morning, my parents would be woken up because that would be going off, or maybe like half six or five. And it would just go off at silly times. And I, so I, you should hate Biker Mice from Mars. But I love it still. And, wow. it, it, and I, I told him that story, and he thought it was hilarious. Uh, but yes, nice we, segue. We should probably actually tell you what the code is it's Wrestle Talk. I mean, we went we went a bit out of the box yeah. with the code, uh, but yeah, it's the name of the channel. Wrestle Talk, and you get ten percent off. Should we get in with the the the? the ah, oh, so close! <laughs> it's a Raw review, looking jacked, man. So Raw kicked off with a segment that saw the Shield reform. Dean Ambrose, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins—they all got back together. Luke, it doesn't matter how they got back together. It doesn't matter how that might have wasted a lot of potential and it doesn't matter what happened on the rest of this three-hour show because the shield reformed it's five out of five uh, <laughs> and michael cole i mean i he's he had a happy night he was beside himself with the amount of action that had taken place and when i say the amount of action the shield had reformed and he was just like he, he couldn't contain himself but they didn't just reform once luke they reformed twice no 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 they reformed many times via replays oh. <laughs> i got to relive the moment like oh. every other match i was gonna say it was the quickest episode of raw to watch yeah. because there was a lot of replays you could, oh, I mean, i've seen this already you know how usually people say but it, you know we criticize that raw's three hours long and the argument against it was why well, it's only two hours 10 two hours 20 with the adverts removed yeah monday's episode was about an hour 15 of <laughs> actual content and then the rest of kevin dunn and michael cole reaper pressing the replay button and i would say actually i thought this was a very good reformation angle however the first thing i would was note it? as well well okay, well, okay. So, can i right. just point out yeah. that my initial open there was was meant to be dripping with sarcasm but i am also excited that the shield are back together so but that's what th they're that's, relying on yeah. like someone tweeted me this morning saying like isn't it's the best raw angle since the festival of friendship and i was like i won't get that far it's probably not even in the top five um mm. but like it, it wasn't as good as when um 
uh, Dean and Seth got back together. Like that, that storyline was like a good week's worth of payoff. It was brilliant. It was like, longer than that. Re- that's what I mean. Like it was few, like probably sorry, yeah. a few, one week too many. Possibly, anything, yes. Yeah. But it was like it was a great moment that gave me legit goosebumps. Mm. I was like, this was that was superb. That was really great storytelling. And I have had, I've got a lot of heat at the moment with the Swaff Nation because I posted up a video yesterday about this, and all uh, the heat I've got is just that. This is amazing. Like, what? What's your problem? They're facing off mm. against the Intercontinental Champion, and they're facing off against the ta- uh, the former Tag Team Champions and Braun Strowman. That's an amazing team. My argument is they've got no connection to each other. Mm. What is the bar's issue with Roman Reigns? No one can tell me what the issue that the bar have with Roman Reigns they is. They came out one week. Well, that's it. Yeah, like, like last that, week. I'll be honest. And I, I, so the other bit of heat that I've got is I compared this as a joke, as a joke. It was like DX reforming to rid the WWE of the scourge of the Spirit Squad. It was a completely naff team that was a complete joke. There was no real need for DX to come back together and, uh, I was about to say, beat them off, but that's a terrible way to use uh, phrase. Beat the nuts in the back of your throat. There. Certainly is, yeah. Beat them up and have matches, all of which they won, BT dubs. Um, but. The point I was making there was that's poor storytelling. It was a poor reason for DX to get back together. They should have actually had a credible threat mm. that they should have reformed for. And you can argue that the Miz, the Bar, and Braun are a credible threat, but they've actually given us no reason as to why these three have just got back together, other than that, ah, well, they just beat them up a couple of weeks, so now they're best of friends again. In two weeks. Yeah. Like, it's been it's really, really poor storytelling. It's like, uh, it's... When, when you get a Franken team where two singles competitors are just thrown together, it feels a bit rubbish for about a month, two months, and then they usually break up. In Sheamus and Cesaro's case, they did have that best of seven series going into it, and they clicked. But, the you know, the criticism usually is, I just want tag teams. I want tag teams to come up as a unit. It's the same, really, as a three, four-person unit. You just don't want to throw them together and then just say... They're threatening, and they are. Like we're not denouncing yeah. that they are a credible threat. And Braun and only, four of them. Braun only joined the team halfway <coughs> through the show. Yeah, uh, but the the okay. So let's recap the segment because it was a good segment. The problem is, I feel there is nothing deeper than the superficial elements to this story. I agree. Uh, so the the Miz comes out. It's the second annual Miz's. <sighs> right. I mean, the first. Well, the first. This was fun. Well, the first point I made here was like, well, way to make these guys look like goofballs again. Like, they had the big thing last week mm. where they laid out Roman with the triple power bomb. They stood there doing the shield pose and like, oh, man, look at these guys. They're badasses. And then they come out here doing goofy comedy. And I'm like, ah, oh, you're, jo- you're a bunch of jokes. I didn't mind it. I thought it was, it fits in Miz's character. It wasn't as funny as the first time they did it. And he said it was like the second annual one. It, mm. like, it feels like they did this joke last month. No, it was against Dean because I remember Miz... Or was it with Dolph Ziggler? It was a Dolph Ziggler food. Was it, it, was, sure? it was about a but year didn't, ago. Didn't Sexton and Bo Dallas win? I don't. I seem to recall this only being done about a month ago. Oh wow! Well, if it has, I've forgotten about it, uh, which shows what a successful recurring segment it is. And uh, yeah, Miz made jokes. His most persistent to Curtis Axel. Well, hey, Curtis Axel wins something. To best supporting actors, you get Seamus and Cesaro walk out. Well, hey, I must point out, I made a joke uh, that. And best cinematography for making Raw look well attended goes to Kevin Dunn, and I used the picture of a recent week of Raw. So not that episode of Raw, but from like a Raw in the last two, three weeks, I think, where there was a big section of the crowd empty. Mm. And a lot of people were like, oh, I thought it was, I was there. It was well attended last night. So uh, I, the, the joke was, I yeah, 
you got the wrong impression is, from the is, joke. Is, is this episode of Restaurant of us explaining jokes? Yeah, yeah, it might be. They're funnier when you do. <laughs> uh, and then, like a thingy on uh, The Simpsons. That's the joke. Yeah. And then Miz says, but we couldn't, you know, the final award goes to me, the Miz, because I'm brilliant, but I couldn't have done it without Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns then walks out, stands there, and then Dean Ambrose walks out. Separate entrance music at this point, and separate attire, their usual ring attire. And then Seth Rollins walks out. The crowd are going nuts. Me, personally, I was very excited. I like seeing them together in an ass-kicking form. And they beat up everyone in the ring, uh, Curtis Axel included, and did the shield bomb. <laughs> yeah, because a couple of people said that. Oh. Man, that, I, was, I was like, it's hashtag branding. You've got to get that brand over. Yeah, but um, that they really... <laughs> I, like the first time it happened, I almost kidded myself, like I was in denial. Like, nah, he didn't say that. Nah, they did. it's the triple power bomb. He just got excited. It's the shield. Michael Cole gets carried away when things like this happen. Mm. And then later on, when they did it to Braun, they Michael goes shield bomb. And because I, that's oh. the that's, that's the way they get branding over. You say it multiple times, and then people remember what it is. Yeah. Um, I you know what the highlight for me of this though was that. It, so here's the other thing that people have got really pissy about with this shield reunion is that it's just a way to get Roman cheered. Mm. Seemingly forgetting that the whole reason the shield were put together in the first place was <laughs> to get Roman over. Yeah, that's a good point. So and Roman was cheered when he came out. Like he, everyone was like, "Oh, brilliant, Roman's here." And then everyone came out. Well, they knew what was happening. Exactly, they knew what was happening. Although Michael Cole makes me hate Roman Reigns. I've realized what it is now. You know how I said uh, Michael Cole when he goes, uh-huh. "It's boss time," and I'm like, "Oh god, shut up. You make me not want to like Sasha Banks." It's whenever he goes like, "It's the big dog. It's Roman." I'm like, "Ah, shut up, Michael Cole." Making me hate yeah. Roman Reigns. And there's another <clears throat> awful Michael Cole line here. When he said, so when the Shield got back together and they started walking down to the ring, Michael Cole said, oh, the Seamus, Cesaro and Miz, they didn't expect this to happen. And I'm like, well, they're idiots then. Because they targeted yeah. all three of them, all three four members of the Shield. They had to have expected this would happen. It's WWE trying to fabricate uh, tension. When like, but you shouldn't do. You shouldn't make your lead announcer appear, or your baby faces appear so phony, uh, because we all know, like you said, you pointed out, it was quite obvious what was going to happen. If this was a more credible announcer, they go, "What did you think was going to happen, Miz? Yeah. You keep poking the bear. The shield are going to reform. This is your comeuppance." And then you're like, "Yeah, baby face. I'm on the baby face's side." But yeah, yeah, it's, um, that's not the sort of announcer Cole is. <laughs> Shield bomb. Shield bomb. So, uh, yeah, they did the fist bump and everything afterwards. So they spaffed all of the uh, all of the Shield spots first yeah. time back in, in, the, in, the, in the opening segment well, of Raw. In all fairness, in all fairness, they have only got two weeks until TLC. Yes, in all fairness, they have rushed their <laughs> entire story. Yeah, you're right. In all fairness, they could have built up a credible team, yeah. but they didn't. Yeah, because, yeah, I just, it's, it's just, you know, why not? I mean, obviously, TLC doesn't have a marquee match otherwise, but this is a Survivor Series thing. I know, you, I guess you've got the five-year anniversary of the uh, competitive Shield debut, I believe it was, TLC yep. in 2012. But, um, but not really, because it happened in December. But it's the same it's event. It's the same event. You know what yeah. I mean. It's just, so here's the problem. It is just nostalgia, because... There is no, like, who who does this benefit? I get it benefits Reigns, but really, and merchandise sales. But it's not. Come on, Latin a bit. It's not going to get the opponents over. It's not the way to elevate a new team. 
it's just a nostalgia pop and it it's it's a mentality that goes back to the wrestlemania main events for the last couple of years goldberg faces brock lesnar or uh the undertaker not the undertaker versus sting triple h versus sting people who aren't have a very limited shelf life afterwards and no one's elevating the other whereas the other argument would be to put an up-and-coming star and get the rub off them and use your shield act to get over a new more important act yes and maybe that's what they'll do in a couple of months time and i really hope they do you say you say that but to me the way that this perhaps it's just the way that they've told the story Mm. of just that they've come together for no real reason whatsoever this feels like it's a very short run yes like if I'm watching this, I, I'm getting past TLC. I'm like, and ah, they're not going to team together after that because the because Roman's then going to go off and carry on his feud with the Miz, and uh, Dean mm. and Seth will carry on their feud with the Bar, separate from being as the Shield. This to me just feels like it's a one and done. But I, that, that, that's but that's only because that's the story they've been telling. I think Survivor. I think it will extend out the Survivor series just for the because you can quite obviously see you've got a Team Shane versus Team Kevin scenario going on for Survivor series. What does Raw have? Uh, you got a, sh- a mm-hmm. team shield in some respect, and then although who goes, who do you add to team shield if it's a five on five? Someone said Samoa but Joe e- on Twitter, and I was like, oh, the Samoan Joes. But even, but even if it is, does lead to a Survivor Series match, which it very well could do, mm. I still see them doing the separate entrances at Survivor Series because they're not the shield there; they're part of a five man mm. team, and they'll just do their separate entrances. Yeah, it's it. We're not denying that it's a cool moment, and it it is it is incredibly difficult to not get very excited when the Shield are back together because and, they're awesome and booked well. Because you know when they take out Braun Strowman later, that was awesome. When they were just hounding on on Strowman, even though it was a complete like heel three heels on one face dynamic, it felt like I didn't care because sometimes they just like badasses. I this it was, was a badass thing. I thought it was so cool. It was so cool, but then. It is just a superficial nostalgia pop because it, where's where's the context beneath it? There's nothing building into it. It's just it's this empty nostalgia thing. So a cool is an isolated moment, but yeah, the the things that we're fans of, which is long term character development, uh, long term storylines that pay off and get other people over, and and yeah, just stories in general. This this is pretty much isolated from all those other things. Yeah. The, the the trickier more fundamental aspects i agree yeah. so that's a shame next up we have nothing else really happened well no nothing else really happened on this show i mean we could more or less just end the review here because skip like to the end. <laughs> skip to the end well we got the braun Strowman bit yeah we'll uh, talk about that yeah. well i think we will effectively skip through a lot of these bits there's not much to say at all <laughs> no jason jordan beat carl anderson so it did two sweet chants throughout this yes. was very much a um a uh, bullet club heavy town because balor was mm. getting them as well uh booker booker t i haven't heard him say fave five for a while, has he been? Has he been doing this? No, he's not. Or did he just bring it back in this moment? It just feels so weird because we've just done the Money in the Bank yeah. 2011 review, which is when he first started really doing the Fave Five things. He'd only just started doing color commentary. Mm. It almost feels like they're listening to us. Yeah, because the Sami Zayn thing you predicted, exactly. you booked that. I did book that. You yeah, because like, I said that on a show. They clearly watched this show, and then I mean, it's obvious, really. Yeah, and uh, just wait that like they they. I booked the Dolph Ziggler thing. Yes, you did. Not WWE. Yeah. I booked you it. You booked it, yeah. And uh, what, just wait when Nia Jax comes out to my cover. <laughs> We've got an in. Uh, so yes, this is uh, this was a good match though. Jordan and Anderson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anderson. Anderson is such a good wrestler. So good. So like such a solid worker. 
uh, but he never gets a chance to show it really no if only they were part of a, a three man team that could have taken on the shield but you know because he really would be the workhorse <laughs> I know it'd be so awesome but yeah I thought this was a, a fine match the, the most infuriating thing about this match really was just the commentators bickering amongst each mm. other because like Michael Cole and, and Corey Graves are kind of egging on Booker T because oh you hate Jason Jordan because that's what Booker's gimmick has been for the past few weeks. And then they just kind of just bicker amongst each other. It's like, oh, I don't hate him. He's one of my faves. But that's not what you've been saying these past few weeks. Ignoring the match, just bickering amongst themselves. It's infuriating to listen to. Well, WWE doesn't care about what happened last week. It's quite. I think it's a, uh, it's quite a, a famous Vince McMahon quote. It was like, well, they're wrestling fans. They forget. They yeah. forget story elements. But <laughs> we don't. We, the, the, the internet contingent well that not the internet contingent that's kind of outdated because a lot of people have the internet these days yep but the the people the, the more obsessive part of the fan base like us we remember the north remembers i remember uh elias was next up doing his fantastic sing-along shtick uh but do not sing along hold the applause to the end all mm-hmm. that lovely stuff and then Titus comes out with a banjo and murders a song, but it's all quite fun and jovial. Yep. And Apollo Crews comes out and they have the third match in about three weeks and Elias wins again. This is a Groundhog Day feud and Elias has beaten every single one of them. These two are chumps. This feud sucks. So you can't see it and I'm not going to show it to you, but I can see Luke's notes out the corner of my eye. And... There's a lot of swear words in there, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. This feud is effing Groundhog Day. Yeah. Later on, F Kevin Dunn. Yeah. Uh, later on, get effed yeah. in the women's bit. Uh, what the F is this theme song for TLC? In all fairness, though, what the F is that, that theme song for TLC? It's usually by Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> it's so bad. Uh, I can't remember it. It's spe- well, okay, that, that shows you how bad mm. it is. Um, but the other thing, actually, I wanted to uh, note is about Elias. And it's this really weird thing where, because like, they're not really having this these baby faces and heels, it's kind of the WWE decree now. We don't have baby faces and heels, we just have characters. Mm. Which then means that Michael Cole, your baby face announcer, your lead announcer, keeps putting over how great Elias is. And it's like, I like this Elias, I think he's awesome. Despite the fact that Elias is clearly the heel that's making the crowd boom. Mm. And he's like, he's so good. He's great. I love his songs. I think his songs are brilliant. And then Titus comes out and he's like, oh, this idiot. Titus is ruining everything. He's the baby face. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's just like, I think it's a really weird dynamic. It's, it's inconsistent. Uh, it's definitely not the way I would do it. And traditionally, it's not the way that works. And like this feud is just not getting anyone over. And Cor- and It's Cor- getting Elias over. I don't think he it wins is. every match. Yeah, but, but who is he beating? There, yeah. He's beating chumps. Like it's it's not actually getting him over. Like it's, his feud with Finn should have been elevating him. It's done nothing. In fact, it's just pushed him further down. I must say though, Elias did have one of my favourite spots of the night, and that's out of nowhere when he he had Apollo Cruz by the wrist and he walked up onto the top rope. And he walked with Elias. He did Undertaker's old old school move. Mm-hmm. And I just you know when you think. I yes. didn't. I didn't think of that. It's clever. That's good, and that's great as well because if the Undertaker's retired, that's a great spot. Moving on to someone else. Yeah. So I did. I I did really like that moment in the match. Mm-hmm. But overall, yes, this is a horrible holding period. Braun Strowman was up next against Matt Hardy. Uh, this is sort of the continuing rehabilitation of Braun Strowman after he's no mercy lost against Brock Lesnar and he needs it you know Braun Strowman really does have a lot of potential so you do have to sacrifice guys like Dean Ambrose Seth Rollins Seth Rollins Matt Hardy Matt Hardy here uh, not was just sacrificed in quite a dominating fashion to Strowman but Strowman kicked out of the twist of fate at one at one yeah yeah which makes you know makes Strowman look 
awesome. And it doesn't really harm Matt Hardy because we know Strowman's awesome. This is his character. Yeah, and also yeah. Matt had a, an amazing comeback mm. on Braun. Braun sold his comeback so brilliant. Like Matt's got a great bi- like baby face fire. And his comeback was brilliant. I, I got into it. And then mm. when he hit the twist of fate, it was like, that's a great moment. And that doesn't hurt Matt with a kick out. So I think this should have been the main event. Oh, yeah? Yeah, for the entire show. I know they did. We'd had the title switch, though. Yes, but... Well, I wouldn't have done the title (laughs) switch. So I guess I'm in a bit of a chicken-egg situation. Yeah. Uh, But I thought thought this was a match worthy of a main event. Matt Hardy, who, yes, has not been on... You know, he hasn't had lived up to the potential since he's come to WWE because of all the legal troubles with Impact or GFW or whatever, and he can't use the broken gimmick. But... Having Matt Hardy, you know, you run a few video packages throughout the night about his long and storied career with WWE and then Braun Strowman, how he's this unstoppable monster. I think that's a solid, sellable main event. You know, like that, to use an old boxing mentality, people would buy that main event Mm. on like a B show. But it was just in the middle of Raw to set up a shield angle. I'm not not down on the shield angle. I loved it. But wouldn't, wouldn't that have been so much better at the end of the show? I did wonder, like, it, I did find it surprising that they, they just did the shield thing right at the start mm. of the show. I, I thought they were going to build it throughout the show, build anticipation, really build that crowd up, build that that, that furor yeah. up, because then everyone was like, oh, wow, the shield are getting back together. But they're like, nope, they're, they're, here they are, and they're back together. We'll do this little angle here 20 minutes later, and then that's all the shield action you're guessing. Yeah, because the, the cruiserweights are coming up later. If, if you look at any other, you know, like, really good television shows, I was going to say Walking Dead, but that's not always amazing. But Game of Thrones and stuff, you don't put your massive cliffhanger main event bit in the opening scene. And there's a reason for that. Like, the, where bits are scheduled within a show in its structure does really uh, order the importance in the viewer's mind. And you'd think they'd know that because they don't make wrestling shows. They make they movies. Make, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's... it's it does that, that like you said that opening shield reunion it's just like oh it was in the opening segment I, it's like we are conditioned to go oh yeah but it was the opening segment so that's I, where they usually do the my, 15 minute throwaway in ring promos my thinking behind that is that because WWE have got this this worry that people they tune into the start shows but they don't stick around for the end of it because they don't that, that, mm. that's evident there's that massive third hour drop off there's usually a second hour drop off so they kind of want to do all of their big stuff in that first hour before football kicks off so then they, that's all. So as, once you've watched that, you've essentially watched what they want you to see, mm-hmm. and then the rest of the show is just filler until it finishes. Yeah. Well, I. I mean, I know you're not saying. I'm not, I'm with not that. saying that's you're a good thing. Yeah. Explain them. Yeah, yeah. My uh, my rebuttal to that would be make an make a good show that everyone wants to stick around for for the whole two hours. The make make a show stuff. that people don't want to switch over to football yeah, for. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, after this match, which was a you know pretty decent match between Strowman and Hardy. Braun isn't done with him, so he picks up Matt. Matt is just like dead weight carcass on uh, Braun's body. It looked awesome. And he's walking up the ramp. I'm going to do bad things to you. And then the shield, all three of them are just standing there. And then I'm just, I'm just like, oh, God. And their really new excited. T-shirts. With their new T-shirts. They, they got made up within that last, uh, yeah, that 20 yeah. minutes that they were uh, together. It's like it's pre-planned. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and... Braun just like chucks Matt to one side and you can kind of see Matt run off like oh, I'm, I'm yep I'm not getting involved with Strowman and uh and yeah the shield just three on one attack him mm-hmm. like I said traditionally that's a heel move but 
sometimes you just want to cheer the ba- like the badasses, and that's what it looked like. And it brought back so many fond memories of the shield just intimidating people back in the day. It was great. My mm. only th- I mean, you did note down that I've written F Kevin uh, F Kevin Dunn, and that was oh, in this segment for the camera because work. the camera work is just zoom, yeah. zoom, zoom. I don't like the way that Kevin Dunn does things sometimes. Yeah, well, a, that, a lot of the time. It's, I mean, yeah. I I don't think it adds anything. No, it doesn't. I think it makes it, it, makes it vomit inducing. Yeah. I I don't see why you. I I get the I get the reasoning on paper. You want to conv- visually convey the chaotic nature of what's happening, but um, making a man swing his hand around the zoom lens, I don't think is the most effective way. I think to yeah, just to have the camera flat and watch the chaos in front of you. Yeah. You can sort of make up your own mind. It's the same. It's It really is that zoom-in stuff. Uh, you know, remember Seamus's chops on the chest and they'd do it for that. The Cesaro swing, yeah. another infuriating example. And the crowd reaction shots, where yeah. he, he focuses on one person in the crowd. I'm like, don't tell me how I should feel. Just let me watch the thing and I'll feel the thing that I want to feel. Especially because they, they cut to the crowd during like entrances and stuff. They'll pick like 20 people out of the crowd and then they'll cut to them. Always cut to them at the wrong time. Yeah. Because I guarantee you... On when, the phone. Yeah, I guarantee that when he's like, cut to camera three, just before he said that, they were doing something like singing along with a the theme music or like like cheering with their friend. But as soon as they cut to them, they're just like, oh yeah, so have you seen, uh, seen what's going on over here? Mm. It's like, oh, well, great. That looks like that person doesn't care now. The conspiracy theorist in me. Maybe they've got a few uh, plants. No, no, no. A few pre-recorded oh. uh, facial reactions. Yeah, yeah, record that one. We'll get that later. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, really cool beatdown from the Shield on Strowman, and they they chaotically clear the announcers' table and give him the the Shield bomb. <laughs> shield bomb. Shield bomb. With your new T-shirt through the table, <laughs> and uh, Strowman just rolls off, doesn't he? he doesn't yeah. stay there. Just ugh, big man. Uh, he, uh, I, so someone sent me a Snapchat of his, so he's, I don't know if it's a recent one, I assume it is, he's, he's, you know, just talking to the camera, as people on Snapchat, these, these young people do, and he goes, I'm just at Walmart, just at Walmart, and check it out, I've got my new grocery mobile, and he pans the, his phone from him to this very expensive looking sports car in the car, in the car park of Walmart, and he just makes this sound, which is like, yeah. <laughs> but unfortunately, I didn't see him making the sound. I just, they were dissociated things. Uh, I, I got, Braun Strowman, yeah. when he's on TV and he's just like, oh, I'm not finished with you. I'm the monster among men. I want to be in the TLC match. And then you see him like in the Avenged Sevenfold video where yeah. he's there just like a kid at Christmas going like, woohoo, Avenged yeah. Sevenfold. With his top off and yeah. ring on, the, on the side of the stage. Yeah, he seems like such a, I would love... I would love to hang out with I, would, I think he'd be an absolute blast to hang yeah, out with. Yeah, just a few beers. Yeah, know, maybe go I for would, a with, steak. With Braun Strowman, though, I bet you it's not oh, just a God. few beers. Well, he's a big lad. Yeah, he would outpace me. Quickly. <laughs> and you're rubbish at things. Yep, I'm not very good at handling my liquor, uh, but that doesn't stop me from trying. <laughs> so after this, again, it was it was nostalgia uh, rather than anything underneath. But it was what you know. Hats off! It's very, very flipping cool nostalgia. Although I would argue that this one made slightly more sense because um, Roman's had his issues with him, and then yeah. Braun's beaten up both Dean and Seth. Although it, it, they did put themselves into that position, it's not like Ro- it's not like Braun targeted them. They volunteered for sure. it. Sure, yeah. And there was another bit. The other element of it is we're the Shield. This is our. This is our. This, this is, is our fight. And 
we're baby faces and you're not just going to bully Matt Hardy. It was, you know, some some uh, the Hounds heroes. of Justice. Yeah, it was the Hounds of Justice standing up to a bully. Yeah. And uh, that, that's my that's one of my favorite go to narratives in wrestling. You know, standing up to the bully, which is. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yes, after this, Miz backstage with Kurt Angle says, I'm going to add a fourth person to my team at the TLC main event. And Kurt's like, well, you know, you can't do that because it's a three on three. And then Braun just beats up a door. <laughs> he enters it. I'm surprised the door didn't smash through the wall and then reclose itself on the other side. And he's just like, yeah, OK, well, can't do anything about that. I, if it were me directing this, I'd have had him literally kick the door out of the frame. I'm so... I'd, I'd, I'd have gimmicked it so he could have just, yeah. just like, person. or even better, focus on the door, and then he comes through the wall. <laughs> Shock my, yeah. Shockmaster style. Just boys are going, yeah. Oh, that would have, that would have <laughs> been good. I mean, it would have been too funny. Uh, so that, you, it probably wouldn't have been the best idea. Yeah. But, yeah, oh, that is good. That should, I mean, that's that's sort of like a KFC commercial yeah, spot. Yeah, totally, yeah. Uh, so next up, we have Mickey James and Alexa Bliss continuing a, another week of a, a good build. This is awesome. I, it's, honestly, I love this feud. <laughs> I'm here. so excited for this feud. And it's amazing to think I'm excited for this feud, considering these two can't have a good match together. That has been proven mm. in the past. But I'm so excited. I'm so into this feud. Mm. I think it's. I think it's awesome. Yeah, the promo work between them has been terrific. Mickey James, her delivery of what is a pretty standard script, I suppose, is very, very effective. Mm-hmm. I think she's very good at that. And uh, Alexa Bliss's stars of yesteryear, it's I thought, so, was very funny. Uh, very it was like a funny, little yeah. newsreel clip of you know here are the from the 1940s, the fighting women of the WWF or the WWE, and. Yeah, it was, it was all of Mickey James' highlight reels from 10 years ago. It was yeah. very well done. A lot of people get uh, annoyed about the idea of calling out Mickey James's age uh, because they're like, why would you do that? Why would you point out uh, that your wrestlers are over the hill, essentially? That's what you're saying. I don't, I don't have a problem with it because Mickey James is getting her receipt immediately in every segment. Yeah. So Alexa Bliss will do something horrible and annoying, Mickey James just doesn't stand there like Bailey and Sasha Banks have been booked to do in the past. She'll go, yep, I'm going to fight you now. Yeah. She'll run out the ring and beat beat up Alexa and Alexa would run off with her tail between her legs. That is very good babyface booking. I don't know why WWE don't do it more. I don't know either, mm. but I'm, I'm, I'm so into this feud at the moment. Also, uh, I had to Google this. We looked it up earlier. Biscuit butt. Yeah, you didn't know what it meant. Um, you didn't either. No, I did not know it either. I just instantly assumed it meant crumbly and delicious. Mm. So uh, Mickey James referred to Bliss as, you know, like, get your biscuit butt in here. And uh, then there was like a biscuit butt chant. And yeah, well, you, so that's what you thought. You <laughs> crumbly crumbly and, and, delicious. and delicious. It uh, We looked it up. It means a small but lifted butt. Uh, cute and in shape. Which Sounds, doesn't really yeah, work as an insult. Doesn't really sound like much of an insult, to be honest. Alexa Bliss, you have a really nice ass. Now get in here, please. It's really, really it's, nice uh, to look at. <laughs> it's not like last week when she insulted her for wearing a training bra. My favorite one of that actually was Nia Jax um, posted the clip with like as a quoted retweet, going like, "Ha, our champ wears a training bra." Oh, did she? Yeah. It's classic Naya. Classic Naya. Classic Naya. <laughs> Best friends, obviously. Uh, Jack Gallagher and Brian Kendrick beat Cedric oh, Alexander we'll, we'll, we'll and Mustafa Ali next. I was going to talk about the backstage segment. We'll talk about when we get to the match. Which one? 
Oh, the Enzo. No, no, no. There was a backstage segment where um, they had a promo for Asuka, another amazing promo oh, for Asuka. Like so, like so, like they, they, these promos for Asuka. I had my issues with them at the start, but they've really picked mm. this up. I had my concerns. My concerns were alleviated. I'm willing to admit that I was wrong to have those concerns in the first place. Well, maybe I wasn't wrong because it very well yeah, could WWE's have been WWE's track record, track record. Yeah. yeah, but I'm so glad now that it's changed. Awesome. But then it cuts backstage, and then you've got the girls. The girls, I say that. You got like Bailey and the Sasha, knockouts. the knockouts, the divas. The, the divas. They're standing there and they're asking to have the match with with Asuka at TLC. Mm. These girls shouldn't be excited. Yeah, these girls shouldn't be like, "Oh, it's going to be great when Asuka gets here." No, you're supposed to be scared. No one goes like, oh, it's going to be brilliant when Brock Lesnar comes back so I can get into the ring and be F5'd by him. No, you're supposed to be scared that they're coming back. Well, well, they're excited that he's got a championship that they can go for. But As- yeah, Asuka's got nothing to, I guess, unless you, you play it up as, I want to show her that I'm better than her. But it's not, they're just but like, they didn't oh, I, just, that, oh yeah. I can't wait to have a match with Asuka. No, you're not, you're meant to be scared. She's Asuka's ter- going to kill you. She's a terrifying presence. Yeah, yeah. Like, why would anyone want this match? And then at one point, I think it was Alicia Fox, worst actor on Raw, comes in and is like, I've been here for 10 years. I deserve this match. I'm like, deserve? What do you want to deserve this match? Deserve to get your head kicked off? Why would you want that? Yeah, and it was just a bad segment. Like, content, as you pointed out, was Walking really bad. In, but in, it, in, in, in. It was so robotic. Standing in a line. Uh, they, they're, they're not good at <laughs> uh, doing WWE scripts. It was painful to watch. It I was... Thought. I So... Surely, character motivation for Bailey would have been to go up to Kurt Angle and said, "Look, I lost my NXT Women's Championship to Asuka, and that was that was when her championship reign started. I know that I can beat her, and I want to prove that I can beat her in the ring." That's great character motivation, mm-hmm. not just like, "God, it's so exciting that Asuka's coming here. I really wish I could have a match with her." Yeah, I guess in their defence, in the uh, players' defence, in the actual scene. Um, this was probably only written five <laughs> minutes before it happened because, yeah. as has been reported, there was a lot of last-minute rewrites during the actual show on Raw because of uh, various things, and one of which was the uh, the women's match, which had... Uh, originally, it was meant to be a three-way between Jax, Emma, and Fox. Then it was moved to next week. Then it was brought back and made a fatal five-way and then made an, an elimination match, uh, which you can tell by... Cole getting mucked. He mucks up yeah. what the rules are in the actual match. Yeah, I, I wasn't keen on this whatsoever. Mm. And actually, someone uh, messaged me on Twitter to say that, like, because um, Emma won the match, which we'll come on to a little bit later. I was like, wasn't uh, Emma like one of Asuka's first feuds in NXT? And I was like, yeah, her first feud, which we came in, was a great match at NXT Takeover we did. London. Absolutely, yeah. But like her first feud when it came in was between Dana and Emma when they were Bessie mates, mm. um, and. And it was great because that storyline that told there was that Emma and Dana were bullying Asuka because they were like, oh, you're the new girl on the block. We run this place. We're the people that you want to be beating up. This is going to be brilliant. This will be a cakewalk for us. Until they saw what Asuka could do. And then they were like, oh, we've made a terrible error. Mm. And now we're going to get our head kicked off. That is such a, that's a great way to debut someone and to like let people know this is what you can expect. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Jack Gallagher and Brian Kendrick beat Cedric Alexander and Mustafa Ali to a dead crowd. Anything, anything to say? Here? No, the finish came out of nowhere. Mm. I felt like it was just about to get started and then it ended. Yeah, I um, I'm kind of glad they did have this match as sort of useless as it was because it did remind everyone: oh, Gallagher and Kendrick are heels, and Mustafa Ali is a good guy, and that does play into the main event, which was which was such a good match. I thought mm. uh, so. It was useful in that respect. 
Finn Balor came out next <laughs> and did uh, some awful dialogue in the ring, awfully scripted, awfully delivered. I love Finn Balor as a wrestler. He can't speak, though. Why do you keep on putting him in live positions where he can't do retakes or anything like that? But uh, it was about to get a bit more weird. <sighs> yeah, so remember last week when Sister Abigail was a really intriguing prospect? And we thought, you know, it could have been any number of things, like uh, you know, uh, all these people from NXT that might get called up, maybe someone else. Very exciting. They went with the worst option. Yeah. Which was uh, Bray Wyatt. It, it pretty much reveals himself as Sister Abigail. It's a new character that he dresses up as. <laughs> And has a silly voice for they they put his voice through a um, I don't know something that changes your voice into a high pitched devil like noise. Essentially, he's doing Norman Bates in Psycho. Yes. They in fact even use the line "He wouldn't hurt a fly," which is what um, Norman says when sure. he's when he's channeling um, uh, Mrs. Bates. Uh, the the other thing was the first week I was really struck by the transition of Bray into Sister Abigail because it was very foggy in the promo that they filmed. And it, I could not tell where the cut point was. It was like all of a sudden Bray became Sister Abigail. And I was like, wow. And that was one of the things that got me so excited. This week, Bray's talking to the camera and it's this crappy Windows mm, Movie Maker yeah. ripple. Like, you know, when you drop a, a drop of water in a pond and that ripple it's effect. Jurassic Park. Yeah. And his face became Sister Abigail. I was like, that looks like I edited it. <laughs> You're meant to be really good. But you do such good jobs on the promo packages and everything. That's what I would do when I was rushed for time. Jeez. It was, this is bad. This is the sort yeah. of segment then, like, as wrestling fans, we are kind of a very small... We're a very small niche market that we enjoy watching wrestling, and then we get a lot of people coming like, "Oh, why do you like wrestling? Mm. Wrestling's for idiots. Wrestling's for stupid people." And you're like, "No, no, it's really cool." And then something like this comes on, and you're like, "Ah, oh, yeah, wrestling is stupid sometimes, isn't it?" Yeah, yeah. they are really convinced. Uh, sorry, dedicated rather to destroy Bray Wyatt this year. They <laughs> keep is... on saddling him with awful oh, gimmick after awful gimmick. Year. House of Horrors projections, and now now dressing him up yeah. as Sister Abigail. There's nothing wrong with cross-dressing. I'm not saying... It just, it's not working, though. He's hes a really good character. Well, I was going to say... He's a cult leader. The problem, okay, so what you're saying... You're absolutely right. There is nothing wrong with cross-dressing, but this is not going to help his character. Mm. What his character doesn't need is a cross-dressing gimmick. Yeah. That's the, it's probably the last thing that his character needs right now is a cross-dressing gimmick. It's just not going to work for him. That's not going to help him get over. I guarantee you, come TLC, this is stupid. This is stupid. Mm. Guarantee it. It's, uh, yeah, I cannot see it working. And if that happens, then I booked that. You booked it. You yeah. booked the crowd. Uh, yes, and then we had Emma, the alluded to match earlier. Uh, Emma beat Alicia Fox, Sasha Banks, Bailey, and Dana Brooke in an elimination match. <laughs> Not a fatal five-way. God bless Corey Graves. He, I, I felt like I was so angry during that backstage promo. And then all of my anger was just like channeled through back in time because I watched this on a replay mm. into Corey Graves, who then just kept saying, I don't know why these girls were excited to face Asuka. They should be terrified. And I'm like, thank you, Corey Graves. Someone gets it. I think Corey, because he's been really, really good at this sort of stuff. But specifically in the last couple of weeks, I don't know if it's because we've noticed it and now we notice it more. Uh, the reticular activating device it's called in your head. Or... Again, good word use. Yeah, well, phrase use, I guess. Concept use. Or it's because he's just thought... Nah, I'm sick of this. <laughs> I'm going to start doing good commentating. 
I'm just going to Bobby Heenan this. Yeah. Just, I don't care what you say, Vince. Yeah. I'm going to tell you what I think is going on. I'm going to tell you credible stuff. Yeah. Because I do not want to be chipped away at like Tom Phillips. Uh, I was going to say, there was a point in here as well where Booker kept openly laughing. And I was like, I don't know. If, I'm not sure if it's something that Corey has said that's made him laugh or it's just the Sister mm. Abigail thing has just caught up with him. <laughs> and he's like, man, that was stupid. Yeah. That's my low five. Yeah. Uh, Banks and Bailey. Uh, continue to tease a bit of dissension, but who cares at this point, really? I do. I don't care about either of them. Either of them, let alone them feuding. Well, yeah, I mean, so Alicia Fox was very bad in this match. This was a bad. This was, was a, a very, very bad, bad match. match yeah, but Alicia Fox was, in particular, was very bad because it was one thing that really irked me. Which she's walking down to the ring, and in her backstage promo she had with Emma, mm-hmm. she was like, "I'm mad at you because you walked out on me during last week's tag team match." She's like, "Okay, so that's step one of a storyline. Now we've had step two of a storyline where she's addressed that she's angry. Now they're about to be in a match together. So what's the first thing that Fox does? Ignore Emma and goes after Bailey." And Emma's just standing there, and I'm like, you've been doing this for 10 years. That's a basic thing to do. Especially when you've got the commentators going like, she's really got her issues with Emma at the moment. I bet you she can't wait to get her hands on her. Yeah, and there was the there was a botch later on where the referee didn't... I think it was it was Fox tapping uh, into to Banks, but the referee didn't call it, and then he was just like, now you're eliminated. So it's... The, everyone executed this poorly, but... A little bit of the blame is alleviated because it does sound like they were only told what was happening. Maybe even, you know, well, right, I, right up as the match. I was, was going to say, on. putting on my tinfoil conspiracy hats, it does feel that just before they went out, they were like, oh, by the way, we're going to make this an elimination match now. And they had no time to prep that elimination match. They had to go there, call it in the ring. Mm. Inexperienced, some inexperienced people in there not being able to call stuff in the ring. Whole thing fell apart. This match was sloppy yeah, all Dana, over the show, but I, I don't blame them. Mm. Dana Brooke has unfortunately gotten worse. Those somersaults just seemed, seemed off yeah. time. So maybe what happened, because the story is, like I said, it was meant to be the triple threat. Then that triple threat was moved to next week in favor of a six-woman tag this week. And then it was made the fatal five-way and then maybe an elimination five-way. Maybe they did the first three steps of that and they were like, uh, okay, let's actually have the match this week. And then Neville walks out. And they're like, oh my god, all the concentration's on Neville. And then they're trying to figure out what to do there. And then they've also got to fix the women's. And that's the afterthought. And they that's why we've had such a terrible match here. Because, you know, uh, three of the five women in this are incredibly good wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it just, yeah, maybe they didn't have time to book it. Uh, yeah, I, I feel really bad for them, to be honest. Again, actually, this is another copy and paste from the last two weeks as well, where your third hour is Finn and Bray, <laughs> multi, uh, multi-woman multi match, and then the Cruiserweights. Just copy and paste from the previous week, just chop and change a few things around. But, you know, to their credit, the Cruiserweight division has been working. Enzo Amore is actually a draw, a, a, a quantifiable draw. 205 Live was not has not been in the top ten for months. I don't know how many months, but it's very routinely beaten by not only that week's NXT, but usually WrestleMania that year, which is always around the top in the most watched shows on the network every week. Imagine one is a rewatch this year's mm. WrestleMania. But, actually, uh, it was a good show. It was just really... I suppose you can watch it in chunks. Mm. But the uh, the 205 Live last week, when Enzo was finally, you know, on this really good heel run, about I think it was about two weeks in of his heel run, of his championship run, uh... It was at number seven. Yeah. Enzo was doing well. This match here, the last hour, performed way better than anyone thought it would uh, on Monday nights. And you've got to give, you know, they didn't tease anything else for the Shield. That's Enzo in the main event. 
He's a money draw. Who would have thought it? And he's doing it brilliantly. He is genuinely good to watch. But then something seems to have happened where Neville walked out before Raw. Don't know what he's unhappy about, but that's you know like I'd imagine his booking. Yeah. But when one when one site reports something, you're like, well, you know, like you've got Wrestling Observer, Pro Wrestling Sheet, PW Insider, uh, PW Torch, I guess, at the mm-hmm. top four. I'm sorry if I'm forgetting anyone. And if one of them reports it and the others aren't, you're like, well, there's maybe something there. If two of them are reporting it, you're like, oh, okay. If multiple if pretty much all of them are reporting it, you're like, ah, this is this is what's happened. Yeah. And Neville appears to have walked out. I mean, by the time this goes up, WWE could have put out a statement saying Neville's been released, yada yada yada. And we're like, oh, well, the news is outdated as well now. <laughs> and uh, the Neville reportedly walked out of Raw before. He was meant to face Enzo in a non-title match in a lumberjack match for the main event. Uh, you know, because you can't challenge Enzo for the title at the moment because of what happened. Uh, but they never walked out and they moved the Callisto match from TLC to here because no one else could really go against him. Well, I guess he could. Could have done anyone, really. Yeah, because it's a non-title match. But they chose to bring Callisto forward, who won the belt off Enzo, which is way too soon. This so Enzo soon. should have had the belt till WrestleMania. I don't care. I've, I've, well, I said the exact yeah. same thing to you yesterday, which is that like, Enzo should have been champion for so long. If this is the character they're going to be running with, and it's working, mm. because 205 Live, people are actually tuning in to watch that show now. Enzo's right. And a heel is at its best when they are right mm. but they're doing it in a manner that makes them a heel and Enzo's great in this role he's a natural heel and he's a natural baby face he's too, a natural but, baby face but yeah. he's so good at talking and people would start to get genuinely injured I just couldn't believe they just took the belt off him this quickly mm. for for probably no reason really and if you're Neville see so Neville you go into Raw and you're told by the way you're being booked into the main event and you're going to lose against Enzo. You're like, I shouldn't be. I'm better than he is. I And this this is going to completely kill my credibility. I'm off. I'm out of here. And then so the first thing you do is just like, ah, oh, well, as a, almost as an act of revenge, we're going to put the belt on someone else then. We're going to take mm. you out of that and we're going to put the belt on someone else. See how you like them apples. Or it was a panic move. Or it was a panic move. Uh, the I So I don't know what's happened. You, you don't know what's happened, do you? But I would have assumed it being a lumberjack match, which was a brilliant gimmick because it ties so much into how Enzo's treated the cruiserweight division. They're all outside. I thought it was brilliant. Would have been better on pay-per-view, but yeah. Yeah, but Neville, you know, Neville could have lost quite dirty there. Like, you know, Enzo doesn't have to go over clean and you protect Neville and that then all works and you further the feud. Uh, so, yeah, I have no idea. Can you imagine if he does go that... They've driven out their two biggest uh, cruiserweights within the space of a few yeah. months of each other. It's crazy. Uh, Austin Aries now driven out Neville. Mm. Uh, so the the actual match, however, I thought was terrific. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Really, I like. I loved this match because Enzo is good at trash talking and he's great at facials, and but he's not good at wrestling. So this allowed him to do a few moves and then sort of trash talk to the cru- the the other cruiserweights as outside as lumberjacks. Uh, like one of my favourite Enzo matches is against the Miz when they were both cutting promos on each other during the match. It was it was really really good. It's that old Paul Heyman thing: hide the weaknesses, yes. accentuate the positives. And you also had another secondary story on the outside where you had the heel contingent of cruiserweights: Jack Gallagher, Brian Kendrick, and Ray Davari, is it? Mm-hmm. And everyone else sort of going against them, particularly Mustafa Ali, who I thought you know just the way he behaved was really really good. 
He, uh, Enzo particularly trashed him at one point and then kicked him. So later on, after this brilliant superplex spot to the outside, it looked amazing. Enzo had Callisto beat and it was Mustafa Ali who pulled him out. And the look on, you go back and watch it, the look on Enzo's face is just Academy Award of Wrestling winning acting. Mm -hmm. It's superb. And then that's when Enzo ran back in and uh, yeah, Callisto won. Yeah. I was just really surprised at the ending, to be honest. Really surprised at the ending. And and sad. It's it was you, you had something with Enzo there, and this is gonna harm it. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Yeah. It's a SmackDown review, Michael. I love it. We got us a flying Uso. On Sunday night, SmackDown had what might have been my favorite WWE pay-per-view of the year with Hell in a Cell. I thought it was a terrific show. How were they going to continue that momentum? They kicked off with a bang with the tag team segment. So after their terrific Hell in a Cell match, uh, the New Day and the Usos were in the ring and the Usos effectively said, you're great, we're great. Respect. Yeah. Usos. truce. Usos, so damn good, selling their injuries from the previous night, looking like they had been through war. New Day, not pros, just coming out like they normally would. No, no, no. You, uh, the people in the match were limping around. Oh, no, they were still doing their bouncing around. No, like, I, 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 I don't think they saw their injuries. They were very bit. obviously limping, uh, but Kofi was jumping around, <laughs> which he shouldn't have been doing because he did lose the tag team titles. I would have preferred just the serious walk down. Yeah. But I, I, I disagree with them. Okay, fair enough. Uh, yes, and then they had this nice moment, but of course, them saying we are the best tag teams, we are the tag division, all the other ones suck. That brought out all the other tag teams, which SmackDown has some, <laughs> apparently. So we had the Hype Bros, we had Breezango, Ascension, and... Gable and Jordan. Uh, yeah, Gable, Gable and Benjamin. And Benjamin, <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> if only. If only they were still together. And uh, yeah, Breezango got a huge pop. Huge pop for Breezango, my talk- boys. We talked about it earlier. Uh, when Breezango come out and then the Ascension come out and they, you know, the Ascension like, we're pretty good too. And you can just hear uh, Tyler Breeze go, why are you following us everywhere? <laughs> so good. <laughs> but uh, because the camera wasn't on him, it felt so funny and sponta- spontaneous. I also loved it when the users were kind of running down all the tag teams and they ran them down until they got to the uh, Breezango. They're like, now your guys are all right. Yeah, it's kind of like what Enzo does with Akira Tozawa. Yeah. Runs down everyone. Now, you said you like me on Twitter. You're cool, yeah. man. That, that, that's <laughs> a really good <laughs> running joke. He's like, uh, hype bros, lockdown. It's back of the line. Yeah, back of the line. And then Brizango's like, now you guys are fine. Mm. I like the fashion files. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and the crowd were really behind Brizango. And you know what? Brizango and the Usos had a really good comedy match at... Let's, you know what? I think I might be right for once. I think it is Backlash <laughs> this year. Yeah. And uh, they, you remember it, a really yeah, good comedy yeah, match great. with that excellent spot where Breeze kept on rolling between yes. the turnbuckles. So good. Uh, it got a bit gimmicky with the various costumes, but you know what? They're so over now. They can they can get away with it. I really hope we get to see that fashion file segment that they teased on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, so that didn't happen. <laughs> the fashion, uh, pulp fashion. Pulp fashion, yeah. It's coming on Tuesday. Two weeks in a row, they've uh, not delivered on my fashion files. And I like my fashion files. Uh, but yes, this... Uh, now, Daniel Bryan then came out and cut a very angry... You know, everyone's there like, yes, 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 we love you, Daniel. Daniel Bryan might have almost pretty much said, shut up, people. Shut up, fans. And you two fan favourites in the crowd, get out the ring. And like the Usos are like, well, what are you talking about? No, no, get out the ring now. Yeah, and he just had this great line where he was like, not tonight of all nights, just get out the ring, get out of my ring. It was great because I was like, he's selling the storyline of Shane, Kevin and Sammy. This is awesome. I hope this pays off later in the show. It felt like there was chaos backstage and that manifests through Daniel here. Uh, and he was like, "What? You know, get out of the ring. We're having the number one contenders match to decide the next one." And that that also warmed my heart because as much as I love the new Dan the Usos, it's a, it's done now. Yeah, it's they've, done. they've had their time, and I was worried that the Usos called them out there to say, "Let's go one, one more time." One, yeah. Like, after the Hell in a Cell, you want it after the the, the definitive end <laughs> to a feud? Yeah. This isn't Bray Wyatt and Finn Balor. <laughs> Uh, you can't just do it again with face paint. Bring back the Usos' face, uh, the paint stuff they had. Um, so we we then got the four-way number one contenders match, and I thought it was a cracking match. Really enjoyed Re- this, really yeah. Really fun. You know, mm. not, not like a wrestling mat classic, but it was a fun match. Yeah, I enjoyed it. And it had a nice, still kept all multiple stories going. So the hype bros, bit of dissension there. I'm caring less and less every week, though. And Breezango, uh, the Ascension and Breezango were kind of... Breeze, the Ascension would help Breezango occasionally. Oh, it was it was great, and they, the commentators were doing a really good job of yes. putting that over as well. I actually really got into the ending sequence when mm. you had uh, Breezango with Gable and Benjamin. Was a really good Re- near fall, wasn't there? Just like I, Breeze nearly won it. Yeah, the I was crowd really into. That. I was really into the yeah. near falls and like the moment. And I and as a good match was, I was like, I'm not sure. I'm pre- I'm like in my mind, I'm like, I think that Chad and Benjamin are winning here. But then the fashion, I was like. But the fashion police may just take this, mm. you know. They're so over that they may go in that direction. Yeah, it was really good. And the Ascension can be seen carrying Breezango out so afterwards. You and I then had a bit of a fantasy booking warfare, oh, like a little mini one when yeah. we were in, in the control room, talking about, like, this, this is going to be a great baby face run now for the Ascension, where all they want to be is best friends with the fashion police. So they just want to be friends with them. 
So they're going to be, they, they've taken them away. They were helping them out in the match. And they're going to be this, this like foursome of friendship, mm. which will then lead to a big Ascension heel turn and rebuild their characters as monster heels again. That's great. Mm. That's brilliant. If that's the direction they're going, hats off. That's awesome. Because that, that just all of that, you could say all the damage you've done to them when you turn them into comedy goofballs. All of that is erased and they come back looking stronger than ever. That's awesome. Yeah, because as as soon as the Ascension appeared, I think it was in the closet in uh, Breezango's first Fashion Files, I thought, well, they're, they're never recovering they're, from that. They're done. But hey, now, after we, we booked it, WWE <laughs> did it, we booked it, we told them uh, they that this is a genuine way you can get the crowd behind the Ascension and most emotionally invested in the Ascension and then boo them because the ascension would turn on something that the crowd wanted and that's uh Breezango and the ascension together much like big cass and enzo and if that's the if that is the storyline selling i'm glad they're dropping the 2b storyline and this mm. is then this could be a great story for this game team but that i mean i want that for a long time yeah. i want that for like six to nine months yeah, I mean yeah. they won't do it for that long. They though. won't. No, no, it'll be, it'll, it'll be over in a week. It'll be done next week. <laughs> next week they'll do it. They're having a match at Survivor Series. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yes, um, Jordan, not Jordan. Ah, did it wrong again. Gable and Benjamin won, so yeah. they're the number one contenders. Very happy with that. Gable's a great promo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Benjamin's not a great promo, but he's a, a good wrestler. And the Usos will definitely carry their side of both bargains. They are all rounders. Absolutely, yeah. Because someone like messaged me this morning saying, like, do you think that they can have a great series of matches like the New Day had? And I was like, absolutely, because the Usos are great. Shelton Benjamin's awesome, and mm. Chad Gable is like another another level of greats. Mm. Like they should have an absolutely amazing series. So really looking forward to that. Uh, but unfortunately, so that that first tag segment after. The, yeah, well, I, get, I was going to say the tag division hasn't been good on SmackDown for ages, uh, but that's a lie because that main feud was. But the tag division as a whole, two teams wasn't. have been good. Yeah, yeah. But that, for me, that start, that opening tag division of SmackDown was flawless. Mm-hmm. I couldn't have asked for anything better. It gave me everything I wanted and stuff I didn't know that I wanted to. Yeah, perfect. That's where it ended. That's where SmackDown stopped. Because then ever and I was like, oh my god, they've got all this hell in the cell momentum. Ryan Ward's back in control backstage. Here we are, SmackDown. This is going to be a great show. Everything else was really disappointed me or was average after yeah, this. I agree. Uh, so Becky Lynch uh, next beat Carmella in a, in a five minute fart. Pretty good little match, um, but yeah, that's about it. Just didn't really mean anything. Backstage beforehand, Natalie was gloating about how she beat Charlotte and then oh look it's Charlotte behind her they have a scuffle backstage which is fine I guess uh, then we had oh sorry actually there was another backstage moment that made me howl with laughter mm. I'll be honest which is um, uh, Dasha Fuentes um, who I'm not sure which of the robots she is but she's not one of the good ones and she was standing outside Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn's locker and she was like I hope I can get an interview knock 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 they're not answering I guess we'll find out later. Yeah. And it was the delivery so flat, no emotion. I mean, man alive, I get stick on on YouTube videos for having no charisma, but yeah, I, I look like Enzo compared mm. to some of this lot. Uh, I did like the Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens joint locker room, yeah. though. I thought that. I couldn't make it. I wanted to make a joke out of that in the review, but I couldn't find the right one. I even got a screenshot and everything, hoping it would come later. Uh, but that's on the cutting pile. Uh, and poor old Becky is still rudderless. Yeah. Uh, but next up, we had 
Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn with an in-ring promo. And I was like, well, this is what I'm waiting for. The women's bit was fine just then. The tag division was flawless. I thought, uh, here we go. This is this is what they need to follow up on. And it was just a very good promo. And you know what? Any other week, a very good promo is very good. But this isn't what this needed for me. Kevin Owens comes out and he does a really... I, my favourite part of the whole segment was Kevin Owens' part. He really riffed on the whole heaven and hell theme. He said uh, he called himself victorious, which was the victorious Kevin Owens. Said he nearly died at Hell in a Cell. He went to the pearly gates. Of course, he cut in line, though. Yeah. And he got to St. Peter and St. Peter said, no, Smackdown needs you. And I just... this It was brilliant delivery perfectly plays into Owen's entitled character and he says so I've given you a guardian in Sami Zayn and then and here he is here's Sami Zayn Sami Zayn comes out with his old music fair enough he's he looks smiley I'm like where's this going and then he he said pretty much what we said which is I wasn't getting any anywhere by being good uh, so I decided to be bad and I thought okay that's fine and then he started to talk about how Shane McMahon promised you know promised him this is a land of opportunity come over the smackdown you'll be rewarded that was the last time i ever met with shane mcmahon which isn't true because we've seen him multiple times talking backstage segments it's like okay well that's that's a nice beat as well and then he then he said that he only thought to interfere in the match when he ran down uh like backstage went in the hell in the cell match and he saw shane mcmahon at the top of the cage and he thought shane mcmahon doesn't just want to beat owens He's a psychopath. He wants to end Kevin's career. And that's when I ran out there and saved Kevin. That's what I said on Sunday and you told me I was wrong. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, it's because that's like... But that doesn't make sense with the rest of the promo. I agree. Completely agree with you. I'm not saying... I, I'm yeah, not yeah, saying that so, was, yeah. But I, I, I was actually a little bit let down by this. Yeah. I'm not sure whether it's like I had it built up in my head and I was so excited to see it. But I, I think what this was missing, very simply what this was missing was a Daniel Bryan bit. Yeah. Because you had Bryan in the tag match absolutely like full of piss and vinegar because everything's falling apart backstage. That's what it came across as. That he should have come out to address Sammy and Kevin. Mm. I'd also had Sammy and Kevin come out together rather because that would have then got rid of the part where Sammy came out to his own music which just felt really weird. Mm. Just them coming out together and, and Sammy just standing in the corner while Kevin cut his promo and then could have introduced him and he could cut his promo. I think that would have that would have worked better. But I will say, I thought this was a great promo from Sammy. I thought the actual, like, the the meat that was in the promo was very, very good. Again, as we said, the best kind of heels are the ones who are right. He is right in his grievances. That's great. I, I so everything was there was kind of brilliant, but it, I don't know. It's, it's, I, I was expecting something better. Is he, the Daniel Bryan stuff would have worked a lot better. Yeah. I, I didn't think of that, though. That's good. Uh, in my head, I had... Well, I didn't want Sammy talking about how Shane's a psychopath and he was going to protect Sammy. Uh, sorry, Kevin. I wanted Sammy to go, you offered me all these things, Shane, and you're a liar. I hate you, Shane. And then, you know, like, cut a proper promo on Shane uh, because he never really got angry. It was just like a very competently delivered promo to not much reaction from the crowd. Well, I did write down here, quiet crowd. But I, I wondered if they just wrapped up yeah, or wait, waiting to see what he's going to say as it, opposed to just being quiet. Yeah, yeah, it could could, it could have been either one. Uh, so, like, if Sammy starts really shouting at, uh, at, at Shane for, you know, promising all these things and you actually get, like, a 
I, you know, a feeling that Sammy is a heel now. He's an angry heel. And that's when Daniel Bryan can come out and say, you, how dare you do this? You know, you've, yeah. you really injured Shane McMahon because he, he didn't hit Kevin I, Owens. This would have, if you'd have had the two of them in the ring and you've had uh, Kevin Owens cut his promo and then Sammy start to cut his promo, Daniel Bryan interrupts and comes out as like, I'm, I demand an explanation for mm. what happened here. And you do the same promo, but in the three of them standing in the ring, that would have meant so much more because you'd have also had then that authority figure yeah. for Sammy to put his anger at. And 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 his fr- target his frustrations at as opposed to just targeting it to what I will imagine not a sold out arena. Yeah, it's it's uh, there's no drama, there's no dramatic tension. It's just two guys saying the same point of view to nothing. It's so Triple H, which yeah. is what Triple H loves to do. I'm going to go in there, and I'm just going to talk for 15 minutes, and no one can talk and interrupt me. And it's I don't like that, you know. But what I would have wanted more than anything is for. For maybe this, Kevin Owens does his promo. I wouldn't have changed that. Here's my friend Sami Zayn to tell his side. He comes out, and then just Sami just drops the mic and doesn't doesn't say anything mm. because this is a story you can tell over weeks. You don't have to explain it right away. And then maybe in the next match they beat up everyone at the end. Yeah, and then like you know, then that's more of a cliffhanger. I Brian Alvarez said something interesting the other day about. Does this make me more interested to see the next development or did it not? And I I never really thought about grading stuff in that way. And this promo took away all the interest I I had coming out of uh, Helena Cell. Mm. I am not I I'm just it's just an angle now. Whereas, you know, before I was invested and intrigued about a story. I will say there's a spot that I <laughs> I hope that they do that I'm kind of I I would look forward to and I think it'll be an excellent spot, which is when you have cuz if the way this feels like it's leading towards is uh, Team Kevin versus Team Shane mm. at um, Survivor Series. I'd imagine part of Team Shane, based on the match that we'll come to later, will have AJ Styles in there. I would love to see them do a spot when, like in the lead up to Survivor Series, when they both do the powerbomb into the apron to Shane and AJ, like a simultaneous mm. powerbomb thing. And like that as a tag team, that's the way they end their matches. Yeah. Yeah, I want to see them as a tag team. Yeah. That'd be great. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura and Randy Orton beat uh, Rusev and Aiden English. Yeah, this this year's most one-sided feud. Mm. I mean, I've got nothing to say. <laughs> it went about two minutes. Um, and yeah, I mean, Rusev and English are jobbers. Mm. So the, the bigger stars just beat them up. And, and that was it. Nakamura needed a win after losing to Jinder. Jinder wasn't on the show and was not missed. No. At all. <laughs> no. Uh, next up, we had. <sighs> we... <laughs> right. Okay. So I know I've been asking for Luke Harper and Eric Rowan to come back mm. on TV, and a few people did get in touch with me on Twitter this morning saying, "Like, is this what you wanted? Are you happy? Now? Are you happy now? <laughs> exactly. Are you happy now? You booked this. Mm. You booked them to get repackaged. Yeah. Sorry about that. So yes, Eric Rowan and Luke Harper have been repackaged in this uh, pre-taped promo. Where it was just sort of uh, haunting, what would you call it, church music, like a mon- 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 monasterian chanting, and it's it's kind of smoky, and the camera goes in a bit more. There's two guys in capes, they've got their backs to you. They turn around. Oh, it's Luke Harper and Eric Rowan. Oh, they've both got giant hammers. <laughs> and then they're both on their way to a D and D convention. Yeah. Oh, now they're talking in a. Nicely shot, but you know, very hokey. You say nicely shot. I did not like. So, if they'd have just stayed on the on the one 
and just the, the, the doing the two mm. shot that's great but when they kept cutting to their faces in for in each individual line it felt very hokey and actually came across as mm-hmm. the pair of them couldn't do this in one take yeah. and so they had to, it felt like a cheap editing trick to mask their deficiencies in cutting this promo well uh i mean i from what i saw the thing i picked up on was as someone who uses a teleprompter, their eyes were not in the lens. They yeah. were looking slightly above the lens, which is where the teleprompter would be. So mm-hmm. they, they maybe it had to be like that so they could see the the text they were reading, or, or maybe someone just with a clipboard <laughs> chucking some some cards. Yeah, this was uh, this was um, not what I wanted, and I'm pretty sure. I'm not going to want it. Bludgeon Brothers. The, the, yeah, we not even said that. <laughs> the Bludgeon Brothers. What is... Um, oh, maybe we should do this as like a, a new segment. WWE's worst branding of the week. Mm. The Bludgeon Brothers or the Shield Bomb. What about Sister Abigail? Or is that oh, not that's, branding? That's not branding. So, yeah, it's... Uh, it's it's the sort of thing that we would sign to the crap gimmick roster. <laughs> like... You actually, you know, like if someone said, here's, here's my crap gimmick. Bray Wyatt actually dresses up as Sister Abigail. Yeah. And I'd be, yeah, that's pretty crap. Sign sign you right away mm-hmm. to a multi-year deal like <laughs> Bram. And yeah, this the, the Bludgeon Brothers, it just... Ah. Yeah, it, it's not... I I, I love Luke Harper. I, I, I'm, you know, Eric Rowan can be really hidden in a tag team. And that's great. That's the kind of best role it's for him. Look. He's got a great look. The two of them work very well together. I'm I'm glad to see them back on TV. This isn't great, and mm. but I'm you know I'll be honest. I'm kind of intrigued to see like their music, their entrance, how they use the hammers. how they use the hammers. Will the hammers come into it? Will Triple H see it as gimmick infringement? I'm I'm curious to kind of see how it goes. I genuinely am as oh. nap as it was. I genuinely am curious. I keep I keep like thinking oh maybe it'll be okay it's it's harper and Rowan. i really like them and then i remember like i get a flashback of them holding <laughs> the, the hammers and, with the, the hoods on and here's the other thing as well i can't tell you what their promo was about because yeah. they just said it, it's the bray wyatt thing they just say stuff <clears throat> it's hard not to see the hammer i just <laughs> i can i can just tell you that there was a hammer in the promo giants just as i said it looked like D cosplay mm. hammers the sort of thing you'd have made in your garage with your dad because it didn't look weighty <laughs> it didn't look like there was any substance to it it looked like a fake giant hammer oh, cardboard with gaffer tape yeah gaffer tape that i hide behind me to uh. put up the t-shirts so uh well the, the other thing is bludgeon brothers 2b bb the alliteration uh 2b that it seems like this once upon a time was what Brizango were going to reveal as their attackers. But now because go- yeah. this this concept obviously had a lot of work put into it because you have to make the costumes, you have to commission the props. They'd have uh, had to go in and pitch this. Yeah. To because this, this, they would probably have come up with this idea and said like, we want to come together as a tag team. Here's what we're thinking of doing. We're going to be called the Bludgeon Brothers. Oh, I think you think this is a creative thing put on them. Yeah, I just think, oh, they're going to be a tag team. Come up with something. Uh, the Bludgeon Brothers. And then uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was. I don't. I would like to have. I would like to think Harper did not 
have the Bludgeon Brothers. He did not come up with this. I wonder if it's just him. Just He's just given up now because he wanted yeah. to be in the main event of WrestleMania and bloody should have been as well. Uh, so next up, we had more painful stuff oh, with Bobby Roode yeah. and Dolph Ziggler. This was awkward to watch, wasn't it? Bobby Roode came out and did his... My pay-per-view match was glorious, which just makes him look like an idiot because it wasn't glorious. It was possibly the second worst match on the show and everyone was noticeably disinterested in it. Which, you know, I'm not saying go out there and say, hey, my match wasn't that interesting. <laughs> I'm just saying don't don't mention it. Like, yeah. just can carry on. Like, I beat Dolph Ziggler, and now, and that was glorious. You know, don't say the actual match was glorious, but that's by the by. Then Dolph Ziggler came out. I like his entrance now. Mm-hmm. Now that you've got, they've, they've figured it out really well, where you start with the music, the record, record scratch, scratch yeah. and then he comes out as nothing. Because then you just, it's almost like immediately, boo, there's such a natural pause for the, the heat. And Ziggler comes out and he says, you know, I you know, I want a rematch because you cheated. You hooked the tights to win at Hell in a Cell. And then Bobby Roode... Forgot his lines. Mm. Yeah, he... It he, was quite obviously rude, wasn't it? It was very much yeah. rude. He, he pulled a Shane O'Mac, just got, got confused, got oh. lost... As I've written here, this is the problem with scripting things to the letter. If if Bobby had gone out there and said, like, here's the points you need to hit, now go off there and do it, mm. he could have just cut this promo and been absolutely fine. The two of them could have just jabbered back and forth and everything would have been fine. But because you script things out and you have to do it to the letter, you have to say these exact words in these in this exact order, you end up in situations where Shane forgets his lines. You end up in situations where Roman forgets his lines. And then they just have to stand there in this awkward pause while they... I've done it before because as a, actor, a child actor, I've been up on stage mm. before and forgotten my lines. And you just stand there and you stare when you've got that deer in the headlights look when you're just looking at the person you're working with being like, I don't... And they, you, they can then tell... I forgot what my line is. I need you to pick up the pieces because we can't just stand here in silence while I try to collect my thoughts as yeah. where I am on the script. And Ziggler really tried to help him. Really because, tried his best. And and he was quite good with a few things off the cuff. He said, yeah, and I'll make it hell again for you. You know, using the hell in a cell. And um, Bobby Roode was just like, yeah, yeah I just... want a match. But then, like, I think that you can definitely see a point where Bobby Roode's like, this is not working. Screw it. You know what I want you to do? Shut up. And, yeah. then, and then, like, he, he almost got... He used all that anger at forgetting his lines and had a strong finish of anger. Yeah. Uh, but I felt for him. It's not, it's, it's not like... I didn't find it funny. I just found it... I found it, it very awkward. awkward to watch. I almost couldn't watch. And then you're just like, and that was glorious. <laughs> yeah, and, and he like, missed oh. his timing on that as well. Yeah, yeah, the music came oh, on before the hands. Oh, God. I think they just play him off, you know, with the, when the, <laughs> the cane comes out <laughs> at the side <laughs> of the curtain. <laughs> play me off, Johnny. So, finally, we had the main event, which was Baron Corbin beating AJ Styles clean in a pretty decent match. I like this one. Way to end a feud. Yeah. And that's all this match was, is because you have to invoke that rematch clause. So they just had to finish off that feud. Baron Corbin proved that he was not a cheap shot artist. He beat AJ Styles clean. And away they go. Off, off onto other things. This is this is one of the problems of having a rematch clause. You could have just... AJ didn't have to lose. He could have just moved on from this afterwards. AJ could have come out during the Owens-Sammy Zayn segments. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or, or even in the tag... He could have been involved in the tag match instead of that. I don't know. That's maybe bad. Uh, but yeah. It, but it's not even a consistent rule, is it? Because Kevin Owens is still waiting for his championship rematch. <sighs> 
it's... Yeah, but uh, but okay, let's not focus on the negatives. Sure, it, it was, was a, a good, really good. good match. I uh, liked it. I I really liked it. Do you know why? Because AJ Styles is just great. He's just brilliant. I'm, I'm my favorite spot was when he went to do the springboard 450. And Baron Corbin went up, so he was just like, I'm going to do a move anyway. So we just did a little mini phenomenal forearm. It was grand. He is so, just such a natural. He's so good. He's been good. doing it for so long. He can just turn moments that would throw other people mm-hmm. into things that genuinely made it look to happen. Yeah. yeah was, uh, I guarantee, I, I really do get the feeling that if WWE just put stock into him mm. and just realized that how good he is in the ring and just be like, let's strap a rocket to him. Let's really put some emphasis behind him. Let's make him the guy, even if it's just on the SmackDown brand. Let's just make him the guy. In ten years' time, we will be talking about AJ Styles in the same reverence we do with HBK, with Kurt Angle, with The Rock, with like the, not The Rock. In terms, well, no, not in terms of like megastar popularity, but guys, you're just like one of the greatest of all time, mm. and that's what AJ could be, but because they're not strapping the rocket to him at the moment he's just like he's the guy that just has consistently good matches yeah it's uh I'd, full credit to Baron Corbin too mm, actually I, yeah really yeah yeah I, I, I really it's weird how he just feels suddenly refreshed now he's not being shoved awkwardly <laughs> into big matches uh, he just this feels more at his level and he's I, I like watching him wrestle I like he's run round the, the turnbuckle and back into the ring I like, actually, which AJ countered yeah, really I coolly. love that as well because that, that that's you're using spots you've done in matches mm. to work into other spots I thought it was really good yeah I so, really liked it so yeah and for every because I, I saw a lot of feedback uh, in, in certain reviews that were like oh don't tell me AJ lost clean I'm like yeah but now we can move on to the yes. WWE picture it's all good now I, neither of us knew which one we were going to choose. Going no, into we this. both said, I, 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 I hadn't made a decision, and we both said, we'll talk it out in the mm. ramble and we'll make our decisions based off the chat that we've had. Do you want to go? Who, who wants to go I, first? I can, I can go first. Um, I don't think either show was particularly great. I don't think it was a standout show, but I'm actually going to go with Raw. I'm going Raw too. Yes. There's, there's no tension then. No. Should we just skip to the end then? Bit negative this week, I feel. Yeah, well, like we opened the show with, I'm, I'm over it. It, it wasn't. It, it had cool moments, which don't, which definitely don't live up to the expectations. Mm. Yeah. I, I completely 100% agree. Huh. I'm just, I'm just anticipating. Uh, it's just like the, the video I posted up yesterday, mm. we're just like, oh, you just hate everything. Well, I don't actually. I quite like a lot of stuff. Yeah, we love stuff. Uh, we love uh, Ring of Honor. Yes, New Japan. Look at us. We just sound like internet smarts. <laughs> well, you know, we don't hate everything. We like Ring of Honor. Do you know whose matches I enjoy? Tyler Black's. Uh, I, I really enjoy his matches and uh, John Moxley's matches. Uh, I, who's this Kevin Owens guy you're talking about? I know Kevin Steen. <laughs> uh, I don't know who this Kevin Owens guy is. Yeah, uh, I'm really glad that uh, that Steen and El Generico are uh, back together now. Hey Luke, talk to us about some Wrestle Ramble exclusive Patreon stuff. Oh, what like the poll? We won't reveal the poll, but maybe maybe just have a, a well. We put chat up about it. we put up the poll for the Wrestle Ramble extra for the October episode of Wrestle Ramble after the glowing reviews we got for the Money mm. in the Bank 2011. Well review. received. Well received. We had six pay per views go up, three of which were suggested by our twenty five dollar plus backers. Uh, so we had 
Bad Blood 1997, 20 years ago this month, which was the debut of Kane, the very first Hell in a mm. Cell. We had Halloween Havoc 1990, which was a pay-per-view in October. 1998? 1998. No, oh, 1990. we also had 1990 ah, as well. We also had that show? Uh, Sting versus Sid Vicious for the oh, NWA wow. World Championship. I'm not that familiar with that, but is that a famous one? No, I don't think... I'm not familiar with it either, ah. to be honest. Uh, Canadian Stampede, which is also 20 years ago this year. Dave Meltzer voted it the best uh, wrestling event of 1997. Well, that's it's also considered one of the best events WWE have ever done. Also, it's only four matches on that show. Uh, alongside, which means we got through it really quickly. Yeah, <laughs> alongside Money in the Bank. It's mm. like those are the two that's that they say. Absolutely, yeah. Um, we also had ECW's Anarchy Rules 2000. TNA's very first round for glory in 2005, featuring a 20-man gauntlet battle royal to crown a new number one contender because Kevin Nash no-showed the main event. And... WCW's Halloween Havoc 1998, which was on the poll last month. It's on the poll again this month and featuring Dave Meltzer's infamous minus five star match between the Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan. So this was, was was that a fan suggestion because it's October or you you really want that I to d- be I on? just thought we should just carry it over from, from last month because it's, it's apropos because it's October. So I thought that, yeah, let's carry that one over. I feel like uh, if if that doesn't win, it's going to show up in the December and November. <laughs> if it doesn't win, it's not showing up in November. I can guarantee that because next month will probably be like Survivor Series heavy. Yeah, we, yeah, we tried to th- you've tried to theme it around the months. That's so right, a, yeah. A good master plan. But yes, that, that is on Patreon. It's a $5 backers no, or more. No, actually, if you are a Patreon backer, whatever your level, you can vote in the poll. Yeah, oh, so you can vote in the poll. And then you wouldn't be able to reap the rewards. Absolutely, of uh, that. Unless you upped it to a five dollar thing, yeah. it's called incentive. And or upselling. <laughs> uh, they're both things. Let's uh, read some reviews out here. I've got one from Russeller Zero. Easily the best wrestling podcast there is. That's a lie. I love to watch Raw and SmackDown each week, and having this podcast is like having an extra episode. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I'm sorry. Uh, I love how they review each episode, pointing out things I missed and filling me on behind-the-scenes news. These guys come across as warm, funny, and self-depreciating, but in an absolutely genuine way. I look It's all an act. I look forward to every episode, and I haven't heard a duffer yet. I would write hashtag swaft, but no, I've got no idea what it means. Oh. Thank you, Russell at Zero. Uh, do we have time to go through what SWAFT is? Yeah, very briefly, do a recap, yeah. Um, I accidentally mistyped it in an email once when I was talking to some friends of mine. I went, to, I was predicting the debut of Enzo and Big Cass, which I instantly got wrong. And I said, and it will be S-W-A-F-T, soft, thinking I'd spelt it correctly until my friends pointed out I'd actually put SWAFT. Yeah, and it's uh, and it take, taken on a life it's of its own. It took on a life of its own. Swaftomania. I cannot tell you the joy. When we first did Swaft on a Wrestle Ramble way back when, and I took a photo of everyone just commenting Swaft, and I sent it to my friends who initially had pointed mm. out, and they thought it was the funniest thing they'd ever seen. Yeah, you got it over. Not under. No. Maybe that's another thing. Yeah, you got it under. Got nice. it under. We are the low bar. And Uman the Seller writes, Undisputed Podcast Champion. Both guys are extremely informative and hilarious with their wrestling knowledge. I was looking for a great and consistent wrestling podcast for weeks. And this is it. (laughs) You love consistent, don't you? This is proof of no filler and all killer. Thank you, Uman the Killer. You love consistent, don't you? I don't know why I like it so much. I think it's the... Like, I don't want to be a main event. 
I just want to be the, the dependable worker. You know? <laughs> like, like he's not flashy or anything, but he's consistent. You want to be uh, Benoit and Jericho in like 2000 when they're like, I mean, they really should be in the main event. No, no, but... that, that's too flash. <laughs> oh, that's too flash. I want to just be. We'll, we'll put him with this guy to make him look. You know, I just want yeah. to be a solid enhancement talent. <laughs> you know that WWF or WWE are in town. Uh, give give Ollie Davis a call. Yeah, he's he, always consistent. He's always consistent. But <laughs> we won't sign him. No. But it, if we're in the town, we're <laughs> but we need to put Alistair Black over. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. He needs to kick someone's head off in a two two second squash match. <laughs> uh, but yes, thank you very much, everyone. We're going to be back on Saturday with fantasy booking warfare. We don't know what the subject is yet. I think I know what it should be. Oh, really? Yeah, should I should I tell you now? Yeah, tell me now. Uh, I was going to say Sammy's heel turn. A, a heel Sammy. How would we book? Oh, right. You know, yeah, if we yeah. take the head in a cell turn as the stimulus, yeah. where would we go from there? Interesting. Although we did do Owens and Shane. We fantasy booked Owens and Shane before. Mm, so, yeah. I don't know. Let's talk about it. Yeah, we'll that might not it. happen. But uh, yeah, we'll see you on Saturday. Love you. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.